It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here on this Tuesday. Hope you had a nice Labor Day weekend. I'm Josh Raymond, and this is The Inner Life, our program dedicated to spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. So can you think of a time where you wanted to stick up for someone, maybe they were being picked on or something unfair happened to them and you wanted to speak up for them or you wanted to defend them? A couple of days ago here over the Labor Day weekend, three of my younger kids, they were watching a movie together. And the three kids, there's Sam, he's 12 years old. There's Eden, she's nine, she's going to be 10 in a couple of months. And then there's Avonlea and she's seven. And whatever they were watching together, it finished up, it wrapped up, and they wanted to watch something else, but they couldn't agree on anything. There were some suggestions thrown out between the three of them, but nobody settled on anything. There was always a disagreement. It turned to bickering and arguing, and finally things apparently got heated enough that Avonlea, the youngest of the three, she apparently had the remote control. She threw it at Eden. And at this point, Sam, he stepped in and he told Avonlea, hey, you can't do that, you need to apologize. And as is the case often when your older sibling tells you what to do well heavenly she wasn't going to do what sam wanted her to do so sam he started getting more and more upset raising his voice trying to tell avonly you got to apologize you can't do that you got to apologize avonly she got up to leave sam he gets up starts following her and avonly she sees that sam is starting to follow her she wants to get away from him so she started to run And as soon as she began to run, Sam gives chase. They were watching television. We have uh, a television set up in our basement with different seating. But the chasing, it started down there, but it moved upstairs, running through our kitchen, our family room, then finally back down to the basement where Sam, he eventually corners Avonlea. She's still refusing to apologize. Soon there's tears that are coming out of all of this. All this extra noise, the chasing, the yelling, the crying, this was where I became aware, okay, something's going on here. So I called all three of the kids up from the basement, and we sat at the kitchen table to talk about what had happened. And after hearing the full explanation of events from all three of them as they pieced things together from their perspectives, I spoke with Avonlea and with Sam. Avonlea, that was a pretty direct resolution for her. Okay, Sam's right. You need to apologize to your sister. And since you're obviously not using the remote control correctly, well, you're not going to be allowed to use the remote control for the next couple of weeks. You can watch things if other people have the television on, but you can't turn it on yourself. Sam, on the other hand, there was a little bit more that we had to unpack there. He had good intentions at the outset, but he handled things in a poor manner. And so that's what we talked about. We discussed that it it was good that he wanted to stand up for his sister when he saw someone being mean to her, even if... The person being mean to his sister was his other sister. But then he took those feelings, those thoughts, and he allowed his emotions to lead him down a path that wasn't the right way to deal with it. And so sitting there at our kitchen table, I asked Sam, 
How you tried to confront Avonlea about being mean to your sister Eden, uh, asking her to apologize, but then chasing her, yelling at her. Is that how your mother would handle the situation? Is that how I would handle the situation? And he sheepishly acknowledged that, no, we would never do that with any of our children. So I told him, you know, Sam, if you find yourself trying to address something like this in the future, but your actions, they start to go in a direction that isn't along the lines of how your mother or I would handle things, uh, understanding that we have a different role of authority in the family structure. But if you're not handling things along the lines of what you think your mother and I would do, that should be a warning that you're going about this in the wrong manner. I don't know if the message sank in with Sam. Of course he said, okay, yeah, I understand when I said it. But as with all of our kids, we seem to constantly have to tell them the same things over and over. But that's kind of the same case with us and God, right? Even if we know what we should do as Christians, we know how we should behave, we still need to be reminded regularly. And do you find yourself, do you maybe like Sam, perhaps start out with good intentions, but then when you are bothered by something, your emotions get the better of you, and you start to let anger and frustration lead you down a path that you later regret. And then there's another problem with anger where you find yourself holding on to that anger, that grudge. If you're dealing with anger in your life, what can you do to truly move past that anger, not even to fall into that anger at the beginning. This is what we want to talk about today on The Inner Life. We want to understand the dangers of reacting poorly when we're angry, of holding on to that anger, and the reality of how anger can even hold us back from knowing and loving God better. More importantly, we want to discuss how we can let go of that anger and allow God to work in our lives so that we can become peaceful, patient, merciful, forgiving. And joining us as our spiritual director today, I'm very glad to welcome back to the program, Father Ramil Fajardo. Father Ramil is a priest in the Archdiocese of Chicago. He's a resident priest at Holy Name Cathedral. He is also a judge of the Metropolitan Tribunal, and he serves as the director of liturgy and the cardinal's delegate for St. James Chapel in the Archbishop Quigley Pastoral Center. And he is also the rector of the National Shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. Father Emil, glad to have you back. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Good morning, Josh. Thank you for the invitation to be back. So uh, are you, uh, did you grow up with siblings? Did you have any of these uh, situations where one sibling tried to force another sibling to do something they thought was right and it just ended in tears and heartbreak and, and chaos until a mother <laughs> or father got involved? Well, I only have one sister, and of course there were, that sort of, there were those sort of uh, sibling issues but my parents were always pretty strict. They, they always had a right code of behavior because there were only two of us. And it was one of those things that they used to say, if we have to even look at you, there's going to be an issue, <laughs> especially behaving in public. So um, your, your story really resonated with me. But I think also for our listeners, I had an experience just on Sunday, which was a perfect segue when I was told about the topic. I said, oh, I gotta bring this, this story up. I was driving to the shrine on Clark Street and in Illinois, obviously the crosswalks and busy areas are pedestrian first. They have priority. 
So I'm driving along, and so are the other cars. And just as I'm getting to this crosswalk, I realize it's one of those crosswalks, but I didn't see anyone until all of a sudden a jogger just crossed right in front of all the cars. <laughs> didn't even stop, didn't even look. And it was one of those classic moments where I had to jam on the brakes. And she gave me a look as though I were at fault. And as I'm driving to the shrine, I thought to myself, okay, now I'm reacting really, really with an emotion here. And it was, it was, it was pretty angry. I just thought, hey, couldn't you have at least slowed down knowing that the cars are moving along at a, at a proper clip? We didn't see, none of us saw her, but she just appeared out of nowhere. And, I'll, and I should say that a lot of my parishioners tend to have a laugh at me because a lot of my uh, homilies are based around driving in the city <laughs> and on the expressway. So as, a, as an adult, I found myself starting to get really, really irritated on the inside and not a good state of mind as you're preparing to say Mass. So how does one react in circumstances like that where you have no control? It was a good thing that the, your kids had you to guide them. But what about us as adults when we're confronted with right. something as so unpredictable as that? What was well, my feeling? Yeah. And, and I mean, that's such a – because when we look at the Bible and different things we read there, um, you know, probably one of the most familiar and spoken about instances in the Bible is when Jesus drives the money changers out of the temple. Right. Uh, you know, you've got this what has been labeled as righteous anger. Right. And – there there has to be this kind of distinction and and i'm sure we'll talk about you know that anger is one of those seven deadly sins but anger is one of those emotions like you said you know what do i do with that uh, you know exactly. we as with all emotional responses we have to decide what to do with that emotional response what will our next actions be so uh, can you maybe help us differentiate between emotions themselves and then the subsequent actions or even thoughts that we might dwell on that might fester in us when it comes to anger. God in his infinite wisdom has given us our feelings. And it is an absolutely important thing to keep in mind that when God spoke, he gave us the capacity for great joy, a happiness in knowing him, as well as the great ability to know suffering, to see and feel the suffering in others, in order to make us a rounded, complete person. There's no such thing as, you know, always joy. Neither is there always sorrow, nor anger, or rage, or any, uh, all those emotions. They're, they're all part of that gift that God has given us as a human person. So, knowing ourselves is, in a natural sense, what we have to work on. But as believers, we have that supernatural outlook, aided by the sacraments, aided by grace, divine grace, and inspired in the Holy Spirit, we know ourselves better in regards to our feelings and therefore our actions. How we react with our human uh, nature and our emotions is going to be informed by the way we enter into the great mystery of God's love for us. 
Well, as you're talking about, you know, how we know ourselves to be able to see uh, and inform how we're going to react when those emotions come up. Um, you know, there, there's just that question of if I'm getting upset, if I'm getting angry, um, there might be the, the, some root causes of that anger that I just haven't necessarily confronted. Right. Maybe I need the help of somebody else to kind of point that out to me. What are some ways that we really can get to know ourselves so that we have better control in those moments when we want to respond in the right way, but it's been difficult for us. You know, maybe there's something we just haven't dealt with in our past. Right. First, as, as I always say to people, how is the prayer life? How is the prayer life? Are you taking specific time, very deliberate time to sit with the Lord? Obviously, the wonderful thing is your morning and evening prayer and then a holy hour and, and obviously the holy sacrifice of the Mass when, when you can. Uh, spiritual reading. And occasionally, for, for some of us, not all can do it, but spiritual direction or at least a holy conversation. Having a, a priest confessor or someone whom you trust that could help guide in the way of thinking and responding to God's call. But it does, Josh, begin with that desire to know God. And it is always incumbent upon us to reach out for him. That's what makes us capable of hearing our Lord and knowing ourselves within that context of emotions, especially. It's of always emotions, with, the faith, sure. with the help of the faith. Uh, talking with Father Emil Fajardo today here on The Inner Life, Father Emil is a priest in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and talking about anger that we confront in our lives, how we respond to those emotions, and how about you? What has helped you maybe to let go of some of that anger in your life, to be able to see what the root cause of that is? Are there any tips uh, or uh, suggestions of how to modify your behavior that have helped you in the past to remain calm at a time where maybe before that you would have gotten angry or maybe you're struggling with anger right now and it's something you just don't seem to be able to let go of you can't get past especially maybe if somebody wronged you in a certain way and it really seems to have ruined a relationship in your life you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Ramil. Our phone number here is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Uh, Father, I mentioned you know anger listed as one of the seven deadly sins. In the Old English, there's the word wrath that is used. But regardless of which word we use, wrath or anger, they seem to be used interchangeably in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, before we, I guess, dive into more of a definition, is there any distinction between those two words, or are they truly indeed synonymous? Well, when I think of wrath, I always think of uh, an extremity, an extremity of anger and rage that is so almost out of control. There's an indignation, a fury that simply cannot be controlled. That's what I think of when I think of wrath. Uh, anger, in its, in its understood sense for us, can be a sense of 
and this is going to be hard, uh, hard, hard to describe, but anger can also be healthy because it contributes to eliminating injustice. Because if there's a righteous anger, it allows us to say, I'm indignant about this, but it's not a sterile, self-referential anger. Rather, to be indignant about an injustice, it means that we rise to the challenge of correcting, beginning with ourselves, and then moving on to something. I'll use the classic example of abortion. The very, the very, the very topic of abortion is repugnant for people who understand the gift of life, the very dignity of human life. So that's the sort of thing that people are angry about it. But as believers, we work towards correcting that injustice against the against the most innocent of all victims, and also for the mothers and the fathers, and for the society as well. So it. It's one thing to rage and to have wrath against a, a subject, but to use anger as a motivation is, can also be very helpful. Well, so, I make myself clear on that one. Yeah, and you know, I think this is one of those areas where um, St. Paul in his letter to the Ephesians, he echoes words that we read out of the fourth Psalm when he says, be angry but do not sin. And I, I think this is one of those rare emotions where, as you're saying, it can be healthy for us. Looking at other sins, especially going to the, back to that list of the seven deadly sins, I don't think you could make the same case for some of the others. You know, I don't think there's no. ever a time where envy could be healthy or good or Correct. lust could be healthy or good or gluttony. You know, but with anger, there is this possibility right. that it can be channeled into this non-sinful, even righteous kind of understanding and behavior um, but I, I guess the real question then becomes, how do we know if we're in that healthy zone or if we've crossed over into that unhealthy, treading into sinful territory zone? Wow, that's uh, <laughs> the, the, you're talking. Yeah, about that's a simple one. You, you can you can answer that in just two three minutes, right, Father? <laughs> right, exactly. This is called pastoral theology, you know. <laughs> um, the situations are one thing, and then a an ongoing state. Uh, let me just give you an example. All right. So that example I gave you of driving, I use that situational uh, example a lot, usually with a sense of humor about it, because it's not always my case when I'm driving. The situational uh, situ the situation with your kids. That's also a very realistic um, example. But does does a person sit around and reflect endlessly about a hurt that was perpetuated upon them, real or imagined? And we have to be very honest. Sometimes we can think about things and just say, I can't believe they did that to me, or I can't believe this is happening to me, and it turns toxic. It turns toxic because then it just turns inward and it becomes darker because it is... Uh, it is impotent. It doesn't really accomplish anything other than to reflect on an injustice or in a situation that was done to oneself. How does one move beyond that and heal that anger? That's another situation where prayer is an immense help. You know, people also say things like, why did God allow this to happen? I'm angry with God. I, I've heard that many times from people that in the depths of their sorrow, why did God allow this to happen? 
And whether that's really anger or some sort of um, other issue in their lives, they say, why, why, why? And with anger, this is the moment where it's both faith and reason. We have to will that we unite ourselves with God and to try to figure out how this could be of some good. There's always a good to it. And like you were expressing earlier about a sort of righteous anger, none of the other deadly sins are, are, are possible. You know, they're, they're deadly, plain and simple. Whereas anger does have that distinction where it could be for the good. If we understand the root causes and how we can use this for God. Uh, you know, coming up, let's talk also about um, the healthy side of being angry. And if we don't allow ourselves to be angry in that righteous sense of anger, even that can be a problem for us. Um, St. John Chrysostom has a great line about this, but we'll talk about that in a moment here. Again, our spiritual director on the program today, Father Ramil Fajardo. Our phone number, if you'd like to call in and speak with Father, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. As we're talking about anger today, maybe you're in that situation that Father was talking about, where it's been difficult for you to be able to move past, get beyond something that has made you angry, somebody who did something to hurt you, and you've wanted to, or maybe you haven't wanted to let go of that anger, but you'd like some advice some insight. Maybe you have had that situation in the past. You were able to move forward past that anger, even from a deep hurt. We'd love to hear how you were able to do that, have you share your story. The number is 888-914-9149. Back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Talking today about anger how we can deal with the anger that we experience in our lives at times where it is right for us to experience anger at other times where it can turn into a sin for us. And today our spiritual director is Father Ramil Fajardo. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of Chicago, resident priest at Holy Name Cathedral and a judge of the Metropolitan Tribunal. And you're welcome to call in and speak with him at 888-914-9149, Father, I want to get to the phones in just a moment here, but I mentioned right before the break, St. John Chrysostom, he talks about this idea of righteous anger, and he, I think he takes that regular thought of anger and sin, and he really kind of flips it on its, uh, on its head. He says, he who is not angry when he has cause to be sins for unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. And I, I took this to mean that if I see some injustice being done and I just simply stand to the side, I don't say anything, I don't do anything to correct this injustice, then I'm committing a sin of omission. Uh, you know, right. I should be angry at those circumstances, those situations caused by people uh, that are taking advantage or marginalizing or devaluing anyone or any group. And so it's not only 
can anger lead us to actively sin, a, a sin of commission, but there can be that omission sin that, that comes about there too. Right. It's, uh, it, it's, it's consent. It's, it's simply allowing yourself to keep silent in the face of such things would be to, in essence, give consent. Um, the classic story of the saints, for example, two of my favorites, St. Thomas More and St. John Fisher, they were confronted with having to make a choice. And they said, you know, we understand the human mind and the human heart. And surely both of those men were, or even St. Margaret Clithera, one of the, again, one among, one among the great English martyrs, just for examples, they all knew, I have to say something. And I've got to say, I believe in the one holy Roman Catholic Church. And that cost them their lives. It's a very high price to pay, but one's integrity in that area demands that we must make ourselves known, and we have to say something. Now, did they go after Henry VIII? Did they, you know, did they do protests or whatever? No, but they were well known in the sense of you cannot ask me to do something that's not proper. Again, using your example, in the face of an act of injustice, it must also be stopped. And that's where we are called to do something. In other words, stand up and speak our our mind. Right. Show them well, our and, anger. And and hopefully, like you've said a couple times, that is undergirded by a lot of time spent in prayer ahead, right. uh, but then also addressed with love. You know that it's not. Where And maybe that's another thing that we can talk about uh, after we take a few phone calls here. But mm-hmm. anger itself, addressed in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it primarily, while, while there are different references throughout the Catechism, it primarily right. is addressed under the commandment, Thou shalt not kill, where mm-hmm. Jesus has equated it to murder. And mm-hmm. the word that is used in the Catechism is hatred. You know, if there's right. hatred, there's no room for charity. Um, so maybe we can pick up on that in a minute. But again, we've got a lot of uh, callers here waiting to speak with you, Father, and I want to throw out the phone number one more time, 888-914-9149. As today, Father Ramil Fajardo is with us talking about the anger that we experience in our life. Uh, have, have you been able to let go of that anger? What has helped you? Maybe it is that time in prayer, maybe spending some time in spiritual direction. What has helped you to remain calm now? At times where in the past you might have gotten angry, or maybe you're really struggling with that anger, and you haven't seemed to be able to make any progress to let go of it, you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Ramil, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Jew who is listening to us in Los Angeles. Hi, Jew. Welcome to The Inner Life. Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I am a mother um, of young children, and... um, uh, going back, I actually, I grew up in a household um, where my mom was, and she still is, and I think it's actually taken to her to um, be more angry now, but I grew up with that, and then I, I grew up resenting her because of how much um, anger she caused in me and how much anger I saw in the household, and just the the dynamic between us two. I mean, she's still in my life right now, um, and I love her dearly for all the sacrifices she's made, and that's 
the main reason why we I I, ha- I want her still in my life. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like watching that and growing up with that has caused me to grow up not knowing how to cope with frustration, anxiety, and like anger, um, just in general. And I and I notice more of that when I deal with episodes at home where I'm you know put to the test where things are just not going the way I see it's supposed to go or when I'm just rushed or flustered um, for that part. And I realize more from, I, I know I've had that problem and I knew it more as I grew older. And I think my husband is more of the calm type uh, who, who will kind of, who will be a reflection of my actions and, he, he doesn't want, you know, me to raise my voice, especially my children, because he knows how that could rub off on them. And, and you know, it'll be like a generational thing. And exactly. I'd like to cut it off. And I realize my where where I'm at. I, I get lost in the moment. But right when it's done, I just I regret it so much. And we had that episode yesterday where um I was left home with the children. My husband had to step out, and the older two, they were just, I mean, it, it was a fiasco. And I raised my voice at them. I gave them a consequence. But I feel so bad, even, and it just, this topic just comes up, right? You know, it just hit me at the heart because I don't want to keep doing this, and I pray about it. I you know, I, I am aware. It's just, I, I don't, I, I'm realizing more that my childhood has a bigger impact. I have less control over this than I thought I could. And um, I, I'm well, not... And Ju, I'm, I'm going to jump in here just because we do have a lot of calls, but I, I, I think it's a very good question. You know, when you've grown up in that situation, we all, I think, you know, Father, you've probably experienced this yourself. Oh, there's certain things my parents did or certain things they said. And you tell yourself, I'm never going to say that when I get to be an adult or, you know, if you have a family, mm-hmm. I'm never going to say that to my children or I'm never going to do that. But then you find yourself saying or doing the exact same thing. So great question from Ju. How do you stop that cycle? How do you end that when, especially when you've seen that anger that you had as a child, you know, that was maybe your parent lashing out at you, how do you stop that in your own self as a parent now? Uh, For all of our listeners, the one thing I always do as a priest, the thing that I've learned over the years is to know yourself. Okay, and I believe Drew has pointed it out. I, I realize what I'm doing. Now, here's where I like to insert a very famous quote from Pope St. John Paul II. The opening lines of his encyclical Faith and Reason, I use this a lot, use it a lot, because it's something to reflect on. He wrote the very first lines, Faith and Reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of truth. And God has placed in the human heart a desire to know the truth, in a word, to know himself. So that by knowing and loving God, men and women may also come to the fullness of truth about themselves. And I like this, I love that particular um, preamble, because 
it, we are not tied to the past in that sense. We have, with God's help in the sacraments and his direct intervention, the ability to have with faith and reason to change. She, uh, Jewel brought up this idea that I know what I'm feeling, I understand it's from the past. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful starting point. Why? Because, as I like to tell everyone, it doesn't matter how many times you falter. Begin and begin again, as often as it's necessary. As often as is necessary, because we're weak human beings. But we needn't be prisoners of the past. There has to be some effort on our part. And it's a struggle. That's the spiritual life. It is a struggle. You know, I love to use the example, you're not going to be in the Olympics, uh, the swimming team of the Olympics, sitting on the couch, eating, you know, eating snacks and watching TV all day. Now, you've got to get in the pool. You've got to really sweat a bit here. So the life of virtue and conversion requires a little bit of sweating. Yeah. So I, I congratulate her. She knows, she sees where she can improve. Will it, desire it, work at it, sweat a little bit. And that's for all of us, myself included. I know my reaction when, when on Sunday on my way to the shrine, I'm driving and it's like, all right, now I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> you know? Well, but no, that's not how to celebrate Mass, obviously. Rectify your intention. Yep. Begin again. Begin again. Yeah, well... And little steps are okay. A lot of times we Absolutely. want everything resolved immediately, but those little steps, you know, even if it takes three or four tries before you make that first little step, at least you're still making progress. Uh, that- Father, let's take one more phone call before we go back to, uh, before we take a break here. Uh, Estella is calling in from Oregon. Estella, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Ramil. Morning. Hi. Good morning, Father Ramil. Uh, thank morning. you for taking my call. Um I am a lot like your last caller. I um, have seven children, ages 7 to 17, and um, I have just found that I also grew up in a family um, with a single mom. My father passed away when I was um, a little tiny, and um, my mom just, you know, we, we didn't really get too much discipline, but we were yelled at a lot. And um, my husband is from South America, and he was never yelled at. He was always disciplined, like, put your arms up in front of the refrigerator and, you know, for two minutes or five minutes or whatever. And um, always got really strict discipline that made them, you know, it was easy for them to change their behavior, but was never yelled at, was always treated with love and respect. And um, so then my husband marries me, and I'm a yeller. <laughs> and mm. um, so that's been really hard because that's like, sure. that's what I, when I'm angry, that's kind of my, that's the first thing I can think of is just yell. And um, I don't yell at him, but um, I do yell at our children, and I do hate it. And he reminds me all the time, don't yell at the children. You can't yell at the children, you know. But it's like my first it's I'm so angry that's it's like how many times do I have to ask you to pick up your toys I just um mm-hmm. I get really frustrated and um I'm I'm just having a really hard time and now I'm starting to feel like I can start a day out well I can be patient I can be loving but but I always feel like my trigger can go off at any time and like I'm just waiting for something to happen and then I'll yell <laughs> 
All of us, all of us. <laughs> you know, um, Estelle, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I was thinking, you know, all of you, all of the parents have these kinds of examples. And when I do baptisms, I always try to remind the parents, you have one, one lifetime at play here. You love your children, all your parents, you, Jewel, um, Josh, you, you love your children. And at baptism, what I like to tell the parents is, mom and dad, you know, godparents, family, these children are depending upon you to reflect God. When they look at you, especially as infants, they see the face of God himself, who gave life, feeds, educates, house, and pours their knowledge into these children. And then as they grow older and start fulfilling their proper place in this world and in God's plan, they start pushing against the edges to become their own selves. So one thing I always tell the parents, of course you're going to get tested. Parents always get tested. Us kids do this to our parents. But as I've said before, you're not a prisoner of the past because if you have faith and reason, you will know yourself with the help of the sacraments and prayer life and with the help of your your husband. You will love your children continuously. Your love for them is what rises the, the, the headache at times. Your desire for, for, for their well-being and your love for them is what sometimes drives us to, you know, levels of craziness, but it's always out of love. So, number one, acknowledge that you love your kids. Number two, is there room for improvement? Of course, there's always room for improvement in all of us. And if you know yourself, then you can work on those core wounds, just like you and Jewel. Um, work on the core wounds. You've pointed it out. You've acknowledged it. Okay, I'm going to work on those. And do the best you can to convert yourself. Because remember, those kids, you only have one chance with the kids. And they see the very face of God from the very moment you hold them in your arms. They see the face of God. And would you want your kids to think of God as always yelling at us? No, obviously you don't. Obviously you don't. So that's something to kind of keep in mind because it's love that causes you sometimes to be exasperated. You know, Estella, as you were talking, you mentioned you have seven children. My wife and I, we have nine children. And uh, one thing that we've talked about with our older children, we have three that are out of the house now, and we've had the conversation of, well, you kind of learn as you go along in parenting and we've apologized for certain things, you know, well, we mm -hmm. thought we were doing the best we could, but you learn so much over the course of your life as a parent. So yeah, are their younger siblings benefiting from that? Absolutely. And it hopefully means that, you know, they, they <laughs> get some reward in that, but it also means that our older kids get to see us come back and say, well, we don't know everything. And we apologize, you know, and I think that apology can go a long way as a parent too. Um, you know, right. it, it really can mend some of those, those broken relationships or some of that, you know, that, that hurt, that frustration, you know, if there's resentment there from an older child, I think it can, it can help in those areas too. Uh, again, you know, go ahead, father. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that Josh, it's funny because my mom and dad used to play a record 
uh, you know, the old LPs when I was a kid back in the 70s. And it was one of their favorite songs. They used to play um, every Saturday morning, Let There Be Peace on Earth and Let It Begin With Me. Right? So we talk about a conversion moment. And if we want some level of change in who we are as a human person, more in conformity with God, then it does begin with me. Right? If you don't like if you don't like the way you are when you're angry, then be aware of that. Look at the virtues. I think you were talking earlier about the seven deadly sins and the corresponding virtues. Look at that and study that and just say, okay, what are the opposite um, remedies here that I can, that I can look at? When, when there's anger, being patient. And looking at the kids with a sense of kindness, with a sense of generosity, holding back the emotions, an active uh, attempt to hold back the temper or the exasperation. Always presence of God. These are the things that, with diligence, as you work through these things every day, you become a better person because it becomes second nature. Again, you're not a gold medal Olympic athlete if, you don't, if you're not sweating. Sorry to cut you Our off. spiritual director. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly right. Yeah, St. Paul says the same thing. He says, I think it's in one of his letters to Timothy, he says, if we endure, then we shall reign. So there, there's there's going to be the work, the endurance that you're going to have to put forward uh, in the right. spiritual life. Uh, again, Father Ramil Fajardo, our spiritual director, we need to take one more short break here, but going to be back with more of your phone calls in just a moment. And uh, you are listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and I'm joined today by Father Ramil Fajardo. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of Chicago talking about anger, how we deal with our anger, how we move past that, how we don't fall into sin when we find ourselves with that initial emotion of anger that rears its head in our, our response to something that happens to us or maybe to somebody that we care about. And our phone number to join the program, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Also, I don't know if you uh, had a chance to listen to the Patrick Madrid show, which airs right before this hour of The Inner Life, but he just announced today a brand new book that he has written. It's called Inquisition, and it basically is kind of this, you can learn something new about the Catholic faith from Patrick Madrid because he goes through this kind of Q&A uh, format in the book. And even experts that we have on staff here that were going through and just double-checking, you know, doing some of the, the, the proofreading and the editing, they were stumped by some of the things that Patrick had in there. So whether you're not even Catholic and you're just learning about the Catholic Church or you've been Catholic your entire life, I almost can guarantee you're going to find new things about the faith in here that will just make you smile and make you say, oh, <laughs> I never knew that. And the best part is, this book is absolutely free. Uh, if you go to our website, relevantradio.com, you'll see a banner there at the top of our page, relevantradio.com. You'll also see it on the Relevant Radio app, completely free. No shipping or handling, nothing. Uh, but it is limited time and you, you have to sign up now. Uh, also, please, just one per household. Don't try and you know get 10 or 20 to pass out to your friends. Just tell your friends to sign up for their own. Uh, but again, relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app, and you can get your free book from Patrick there. Uh, Father, let's talk for just a moment before we go back to the phones about 
the you, you mentioned the cardinal virtues and that these are the ways that we counter some of those deadly sins that we might face in our life. When we look at the virtues, are there any in particular that you would say this is maybe the best or here are two that really can help us so that we we can grow in that virtue, replace the anger that we're dealing with in our in our lives with something that is good, something that is healthy, something that allows us to grow in our faith? Well, that was a sort of question that we'd probably have in a comprehensive exam in our in our theology, <laughs> just to test our knowledge. Uh, obviously, obviously it's Christ. Obviously, reading the scriptures and meditating on the life of Christ, and then taking our understandings, our understanding of his teachings, to heart. So, in a, on, a, on a serious note, looking at the virtues, they all do come into play. There's no one specific one that I would say is the pinnacle. However, love of love of God being the top of of all of that, having a devotion and a constant desire for the Holy Spirit would place all these virtues in play against these vices that we struggle with. And um, I think... I'm going to say that St. Josemaria Escrivá had something that he used to always say. If he asks for any one particular uh, characteristic or gift, what we would probably call a virtue of some sort, he would always say sincerity. That is super important, is sincerity. Now, why? Because if we're honest with ourselves, then the gift of humility comes into play and we recognize who we are vis-a-vis God and our neighbor. If we're sincere with ourselves, then we can be aware of generosity. We're not greedy. We, we have the capability of giving so much and because we've been given much. If we look at then sincerely, then with meekness, well, we've got a lot of faults too. So why would we be angry about picking at the faults of others? How, how often have I been clueless in crossing the road and causing problems for drivers? Or when it, how can I improve in my kindness? If I'm really sincere with myself, what's there to envy? Everybody has gifts that they've received from God. And I have gifts that others don't have. The same thing with diligence. I don't have to sit around being slothful because as far as comfort seeking, well, you know, we're a comfortable society, but there's still work to be done. We've got work to do. And, and like Estella and Jewel and all your other callers, they're busy people. We've got work to do. There's no time for being sitting around and being lazy. And as far as gluttony, well, you know, how much do we really need to eat? Plus, it's just simply good eating habits. We don't have to stuff ourselves. We know temperance. So if we're sincere, as St. Josemaria said, then a whole lot of things really do get lined up with God's will for us. Uh, Father, let's go back to the phones. Uh, we've got a couple minutes here. wanted to get Alfred on, who's calling in from Texas. Alfred, welcome to The Inner Life. Uh, short on time, but wanted to get you on with Father Ramil. Okay, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Father Ramil. So, Father, uh, my question really is, how do I help my wife? She's struggling, really, with a co-worker. Uh, even, like, last night, they received a message for today's, you know, work. 
And as soon as she saw that coworker responding, she kind of gets all flustered and say, "Why does she have to say these things?" And and I and I told her, "Don't let her rob your peace. You know, just we've been trying to work at you know accepting this coworker for who she is and trying to find Christ in her. And it's just how do I help her more by understanding uh, not to let this coworker get under her skin so much." Well, excellent question. Uh, you'll find that in every profession and vocation, absolutely. So she's she's exactly where she is. It's everywhere. Now, what can you do? Number one, be supportive. Number two, pray with her. And also, maybe study the saints, and maybe this is going to be very hard for her to acknowledge this, but is there a sense of pride in her that she feels offended that somehow this other person, uh, this office mate, is very competitive. Are they being very competitive and therefore it's a sense of, I have to keep up with this person, otherwise I won't get a promotion or I won't get noticed. I, I don't know her situation, obviously, but you do. And Alfred, uh, helping her to realize the more important thing is her relationship both with God and also to be a team player. I remember seeing on Facebook one time, and I kind of cut that out somewhere uh, in my files. It said, isn't it amazing the amount of good we can do if we don't have to know who takes credit for it? Something along those lines. In other words, a generosity of spirit saying, okay, well, you know, co-worker has to jump in. All right, well, that's where they're at. I'm very comfortable with who I am, and uh, I, I'm a team player. I think a good a good thing to do is to talk with your wife and just say, what exactly is this person doing that really annoys her, and then take it to prayer. And not only that, but be you know be in solidarity with her, speak with her, and just let her know that yeah, you know, no matter what, she is who she is, and she's a, she's wonderful for that. Thanks so much for the call, Alfred. Uh, glad to have you as part of the program. Father, uh, we're down to about 30 seconds left here. Before we do wrap up the hour, could I ask you to offer a blessing for all of our listeners? Absolutely. Almighty God, help us always to know you and to love you, for you have made us for yourselves, and we are restless until we rest in you. Grant us your knowledge, grant us your love, and above all, grant us the desire to win new souls for Christ. May Almighty God bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again, Father Emil, for being with us here for the hour today. And thank you to Thomas Engesser, to Sarah Tafoya for their help in producing, for Marty Jury, his help behind the scenes with technical uh, issues here. And thank you for listening. And of course, want to encourage you to stay tuned. We've got Mass that's coming up next here on Relevant Radio. Of course, if you joined us late, if you'd like to go back and listen to the beginning of the show, the podcast will be posted here shortly at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. While you're there, look for that new free book that we're offering from Patrick Madrid, Inquisition. Uh, You can find out more about it at our website, RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Hope to see you back here tomorrow for The Inner Life. Have a blessed rest of your day. 